right, welcome back to the Off Topic Podcast. My name is Randy Zellia. Thank you for making a few minutes of your time mine or sharing it with me. Really appreciate it. Uh, this is an awesome podcast. The first one got so much great response. We're doing part two of my exclusive interview with my my buddy, Jakeem Ross. He is senpai over at the, it's not that he's playing a role. He's actually a teacher over there, over at the uh, Grail Martial Arts Academy. So it's not like I'm uh, giving him a role. He's playing a role in a movie or anything. He is actually a great instructor and a great friend. I'm very happy that we got to do this interview. The great, the first part such got such a great response. Part two is going to be just as good. So I thank you very much for tuning in, downloading us for the second part of this. It's really, really cool. And he enjoyed the first part too. Like for me, it's awesome that we did the interview, but it's even better for the fact that he enjoyed the interview. He enjoyed the process we did together on this. It's a lot of fun. Uh, for those who are interested in getting to know him more and about the uh, Grill Jiu-Jitsu Martial Arts Academy, go to neonbelly.com. Right now, they're located in Caldwell, New Jersey. Definitely worth taking the trip over there. I promise uh, you will not regret it. Uh, right now, we're going to go through part two of the interview. I really appreciate everyone taking a few minutes. You can find me, social media, with Randy BSP on both Twitter and Instagram. That's Randy BSP. Also, we are on SoundCloud with Off Topic BSP, as well as BackSportsPage.com. All these podcasts are located at BackSportsPage.com. So thank you for taking a few minutes to go there and download this episode. In all of our episodes, we have on Off Topic and BackSportsPage.com. All right, so here is part two of my interview with Jakeem Ross. We last left off, you know, you were saying that you know you had a few months left for before retirement, and then you were going to make make a make a move, and you decided to just make the move. Then what 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 was the it, it was either work as a Walmart greeter or, <laughs> <laughs> or or work as a full time instructor. But no, seriously, like um. <laughs> Well, the benefits might be a little bit different. Well, I don't know what the benefits <laughs> are working at Walmart. Ten <laughs> percent off, I guess. Ten percent off your check. <laughs> yeah. But no, it was like I was in here so much, and I was work, you know, working part time, instructing and everything. And uh, Sente was actually on his break at the time. You know, he was out doing other things, and Shehan was like instead of continuing or expanding your contract with General Electric NBC, why don't you come and work over here, you know, chase your dream, chase your passion. I was like, you know what? That sounds like a really good idea. Was I worried about it at first? Yeah, of course, because I was stepping into a, a world that I've only dreamed about working in, but never really understood how it worked, or it was more of a hobby for me I never looked at it as a way to pay for my living. But the beautiful part about it is I don't really think about if I'm working or not because I love doing it so much. But on the other side of that, though, what about the, um, I don't want to say the pitfalls of it because, again, just since it's a passion and it's a, and it's a hobby, but now you also have to deal with the other side of it, too. And was there any is there any concern there with that aspect of it, or was it more of the we'll just we'll just take it as it comes mentality? Uh, a little bit of both. I, I was concerned about turning what I love to do into a means of supporting my life, because you know, like many things, I, I used to love working in the film business. I used to love working on commercials and, and being out on film sets for twenty hours a day, five days a week, and then it became a job. It, it, it was no longer like, hey, I'm doing this and I'm traveling to this location and 
But with the school, it was a blessing because I, I eventually planned to open my own school one day. So I got the heads up, you know, being mentored by somebody like Master Guerrero from where he's, where he's built his school up from to where he's at right now to where he's going to experience that. I've seen many martial arts schools open and close within six months because they don't have a, a particular formula. They're thinking more about the martial art than not thinking about the business. So with him, I have the opportunity of learning how the school works, how to keep it afloat, how you bring more students, how you retain students, how you keep everybody happy, and also how to keep your training going. And I think you and I, we were talking about it earlier, about one of the things I had a concern was about was um, how would my training go? If I'm dedicating more time to training other people, will I be able to keep learning and expanding and growing with my own? What I found out was by teaching people, and I think Sensei Fabian agree with agree with me on it, by teaching people, you're learning even more. You know, you're you're growing by teaching somebody. You're showing somebody, if you take a whole day and you show somebody the same move, you know, you're showing classes all day, the same move, all day, all day. With kids, the younger kids, you have to be a little bit more animated and detailed. You're showing them, then you get to the, the, the teens, and you're showing them, and then you get to the adults, and you show them. Everybody has a different language, but each time you use that language, you're literally learning that move or that technique better than you probably would in one hour yeah. of, of training it. Okay. And then one day you get out on the mat, you know, for a live sparring session, and all of a sudden you do that technique, it's like, wow, I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> Like, how did that happen? Because of the repetition. Because of the repetition. Because you're teaching it. You're giving the details. You're being questioned by people. They're asking, well, what if I do this? What if I do that? And you say, yes, no. You're, you're making corrections to them. But at the same time, you're making corrections to your own game. Well, also, too, like what you were saying, too, I just want to go back to an earlier point. You said that you're learning from uh, Shihan about not only the instructing, but the business aspect. Um, how difficult was it for you to make an adjustment as far as handling like like paperwork aspect and doing more of the administration stuff? How how much of a transition was that for you? It, it wasn't it wasn't much of a transition because I came from a paperwork type of career. Okay, it's but <laughs> there is a but. But I actually cared. <laughs> On this one, yeah, okay. General Electric because, because like, it was yeah, affecting whatever. your pockets in this situation too. Like, exactly. Yeah. My 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 livelihood um, depended on it. Since a Fabian's livelihood, whoever else was working here, Master Guerrero, his wife, his family, it, it all depends on what we do in that office because we're a small unit. With the corporation, it's like yeah, whatever. Yeah, you're going to get paid regardless, and they have a budget, a, a waste budget. So if you screw up multi-million dollars, they have a budget. What's a waste budget? Just like literally, like say for example, uh, a department store. Every year, they have X amount of money to compensate for loss, damaged goods, shoplifting, you know, um, any kind of problems that would happen in the store. So for them, it's easy to just waste money and let money go out the door. Here, we don't want money to go out the door. We want the money to stay here. We want, you know, we want the students to be happy. We don't want to lose students, right. not because of the money, but 
we want the school to grow. All right. So for here, I cared what went what went on in the system. I cared how many students we have. I cared about um, if this student was happy or not. I cared about if this student felt like if they were growing in their jujitsu or their kickboxing. <clears throat> I mean, you see how it was when when I was um, when you first came to the kickboxing class. I tried to give everybody their own individual. Um, outlook yeah, on the class. Like they're, they're, yeah, you wanted to give them individual attention and, and make sure that they were, I don't want to use the word comfortable, but it's, I think, confident. confidence and understanding. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes, you know, if you go in there and you're just like, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm just going to put yeah. gloves on and hope for the best and, and expect the worst. And no, you think, <laughs> you think I didn't feel that same way when I stepped on the mat to say, hi, I'm your instructor. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, I hope I know what I'm doing. Well, your first words to me were, welcome to the class. You have no idea what you're in for. <laughs> I was like, and it was true. It was true. It was true. <laughs> it but, was true. Uh, you know, like, but like you said, though, since you started working here, um, how, how much is your confidence built in your role here? Tremendous. A, a lot. When I, when I first started working here and that first day when Miss G and uh, Sheehan said, well, we're going to be out of town for a few days. <laughs> You're in control. <laughs> and you just went, uh. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting there like, okay, I got it. <laughs> they walked out the door and I'm like, oh, buddy. <laughs> What's about to happen now? But um, my personality, I, I really do strive under pressure. I like pressure. Sometimes it shows you what you're really made of. And you're forced to make decisions that normally you could go to somebody higher up and say, hey, can I do this or should I do this? No, you're in the moment now where you can't call anybody. You have to use your best judgment on how to deal with that situation. You know, when it comes down to the students, when it comes down to some, a new person walking through the door, it comes down to a parent who's concerned about their kid, whether their kid is learning or Whatever the case is. And yeah. it's also that fine line between being the instructor and also being the administrator. You have to be able to balance that out and you have to think on both sides of it. Which is Exactly. Easy. And you, you got to go on both sides of the fence. Yeah. It's, it's not, and that's not an easy. And it's not an no, easy it's not. Um, real quick, a couple of questions about you know, your fighting style and, and you know, what you try to emulate. If you, is there anybody that you grew up emulating from television? From oh, the, of course. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like any kid from the 70s, Bruce Lee, Muhammad Ali. Um, and I think, I don't, I'm not sure if we covered in the first interview, but <clears throat> I was a really huge fan. Before I even knew what jiu-jitsu was, I didn't understand what jiu-jitsu was. I knew of the Gracies, I knew of the Machados, and I knew of the Machados through my love of Chuck Norris. And like Chuck Norris is like a legend. That, yeah, that so, sense. you know, I, I watched um, an episode or, you know, I would read magazines with Chuck Norris and he would talk about the Machado brothers, Master Egan and stuff like that. And I was just like, wow, you know, these are like martial arts legends right here. And <clears throat> I think we said it before, I'm working in Hollywood and I'm meeting stars and all that. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, oh, I'm so-and-so, yeah, whatever. And then I come to the school and I'm standing there with Master Egan, I'm like, wow. <laughs> It's Master Egan. This guy could rip my head off my shoulders and smile about it. And everyone would applaud. <laughs> and that's the time you're getting like, nice to meet you. Yeah. But, you know, so coming to the school, and I'm blessed to say I've met two out of three 
two out of four of my martial arts or my fighting heroes, two out of three of my martial arts, like um, Billy was up to, yeah, Chuck Norris and Master Egan. Did it live up to the expectation? Definitely, definitely. Because sometimes you know you meet those people yeah, that you admire, and it's definitely. like a little bit of a letdown. Even even more, even more than what I expected. Okay, That's especially cool. especially Chuck Norris. You know, I did a commercial with him for uh, a product he used to endorse, which we all know we won't mention. <laughs> but <laughs> I got to meet him and Christy Brinkley, and everybody was gussing over Christy Brinkley. I'm like, yeah, but you know that's Chuck Norris, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's Chuck. I'm like, yeah, that's Chuck Norris. <laughs> so. I love it. Yeah, I got to meet him, and I got to meet Master Egan, but with martial arts, even even at my age, I found new heroes in martial arts. Like this guy back here, right behind us, with no sleeves on. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, I'm gonna bust on him in a few minutes about yeah, that. We'll, we'll get to him. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like um, when I first came to the school, real quick story. You know, I had a picture of everybody at the school. And I went home, I had my gi, I, I think I wore it home. <laughs> and uh, I was showing people, I showed my friends the, the photo, and I was like, yeah, this is my teacher right here. And they was like, who, this kid? I was like, yeah, that kid will wipe the floor with all of us right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't want him to start blushing or anything, but you know, Sensei Fabian became one of my martial arts heroes because I like the discipline, I like the fact, you know, the way he explained it, it made me understand it. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's half my age, and I'm out here calling him sir with the utmost respect. I'm not calling him sir because I have to. I'm calling him sir because he deserved it. You know what I mean? So when you could catch my attention like that, you got my attention. And watching him do his thing and watching Shihan do his thing, and it made me think to myself, like, wow, here is one of my childhood dreams right here in my face. And now I have the time to recognize it because I'm literally being pushed out of a job that I've had for years and years and years. And now I'm, I'm the old guy in the office. Can you imagine going to work at MTV and everybody's looking at you like, who's your daughter, who's your, who's your son? Like, no, I am the producer on the job. Really? <laughs> yeah, you it's know true. what I mean? So, it's true. You know, at one point, you were the young person in the game, pushing out the elders. Then I became the elder, getting pushed out by the young people. And, and, I, can, and I now can relate to that, because when I'm over at the college and I'm working in the studio, you see? These, these, these kids are coming to me, and, I'm, and you don't even realize it, mm -hmm. how much knowledge that you have compared to... Mm -hmm. and, and they're doing things totally different. And you're looking at them like, really? Like, are you insane? I would have gotten fired for doing that when I first yeah. started. But now it's, it's a totally different generation. They do things a lot different. Yeah. But That's with true. martial arts, martial arts, traditional martial arts, the discipline, it doesn't change. Discipline is discipline. Focus is focus. Yeah. And it's one thing that I've seen uh, yourself, Sensei, Shihan, you know, when it's, whether there's people who are watching or on the mat with, 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 with the kids and or, you know, our classes. The most important thing is being able to, I don't want to say control, but just have, mm -hmm. you know, have, have a good handle on what's going on, not just with the, you know, the, the teaching aspect, but of the personalities that are in oh, the room. definitely. Because that's one of the hardest things that you guys have to deal with is, is, not, is, is the personalities in the room. If, if you took one parent 
or just anybody spectating from the side and you put them in our shoes that we don't wear on the mat, their minds will be completely blown to understand what we're really dealing with. We're not just out there teaching the class. We're, we're teaching the parents that are watching. We're teaching um, the person that's on the mat. They might not even realize it, but we're teaching them how to deal with a certain life situation. And they don't even realize it. Like we're psychologically digging in their brain and making them see things a little bit differently. I've done it in the kickboxing class. You know, I've seen individuals come in, they have certain issues on their mind or, you know, concerns. And you, on the fly, have to figure out a way to solve that problem. Or at least give them an opening to understand that there's a solution to your problem before they walk out the door. It's not just about teaching a person how to punch, how to kick, how to choke. All right? You're teaching a person how to live. And which is not done in a lot of the other schools. Everyone else, those these other CKO type of uh, schools and uh, I know the UFC gyms, they're more, more interested in collecting the paycheck than they are, uh, or collecting yeah. the check than they are collecting the, uh, you know, about making a difference with these mm -hmm. people's lives. And that's, and, that's what, and that's what I noticed with, with Master Guerrero when I came. Before I came to this school, I checked out three schools. This one was the furthest one away. And I drove all the way from Brooklyn to Caldwell, New Jersey, I said, let me check out the farthest school. Because I called everybody. I came up here and I was like, this is the school. Why? Because I saw a discipline that I didn't see in other schools. I don't want to just walk into a martial arts school and be like, all right, everybody, just go. That's not what I'm looking for, especially me at the time. I'm not afraid to admit that when I walked through those doors, I was in need of discipline because I lost my discipline. I was working in a, I was working in the dog eat dog world, where you you care less about the people around you because everybody's trying to claw their way up to the top. Right. So you know they're not afraid, <clears throat> and you know you work in radio. They're not afraid to stab you in the back to get where they're going. Yeah. So you have to be very cautious. You can't trust anybody. And that's the one thing that I do. I see, especially with the jujitsu class. It's just the family and like. Everybody's there to help each other. Mm -hmm. and I think that's the, one of the most important things. Definitely, you know, you learn you learn from everybody. You know, from the highest rank to the lowest rank. I guess my final question for you is: you, know, you mentioned about wanting to do your own school eventually at some mm -hmm. point. Um, from a personal and professional level, what other goals do you see for yourself? Hmm, that is a good question. Why you throw a screwdriver at me? You know, that's what I did. Was the monkey wrench, man? What happened to the old traditional monkey wrench? <laughs> um, I've never seen an actual monkey wrench before. You, you know what, Ray? I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. The school, opening my own school in the future, you know, of course, obtaining my, my black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, opening the school with my son is my ultimate goal. And I'll be honest with you, I've done so many things in life. I've tried so many things. Like, uh, I've traveled many places. I've, I've done careers where pe people say, how did you get there? How did you do that? Because I've taken the risk. I, I, I'll take a risk just to see what's gonna happen. And guess what? That same attitude is what got me here. here. Yeah. So, and still my friends looking like, man, how did you end up doing what you're doing? I took a risk, and I, and that's what I did. So my ultimate goal is 
or what I see for myself is building that school for myself one day, of course, with Master Guerrero's help. And part of him teaching me everything is getting me prepared for that day, all right? <clears throat> what I do see for my future, I see jujitsu. <laughs> I see jujitsu to the end, to the end. Uh, you know, I'll call, I'll call Grandmaster Mansour. If you ever hear that Senpai Jackin, Senpai right now, but if you ever hear that I passed away and I was on the mat, don't cry. Applaud. That's what I, I that's what I wanted to do. But anything is it, it dying on the mat, passing away on, on a jujitsu mat in my youth is better than any car crash. <laughs> any any that's, anything you can think of out there. You figure that's that's your blaze of glory right there. That's my blaze of glory. That's my blaze of glory, you know. I uh, mean, I can't think. I can't think of anything <clears throat> that I really want to do more than jujitsu and kickboxing, and you know, some judo with my son. You know, I want to. I want to see my son become a judo instructor, and that is my ultimate goal. Like coming to this school, I literally found what I want to do for the rest of my life. This is my focus. All right, you know, win or fail, I don't. This is it, you know. I hate to sound so like, you know what though? There's a lot of people out there, and you know, I think it's perfect perfect note to end on. There's a lot of people out there who, who don't have that that passion for something. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people who are out there just eh. searching. You know, they, they they spend their whole life searching and never be able mm -hmm. to find it. So they, people look at you and they see you at peace and they know this is what you love. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people who envy that type of thing. Exactly. I, I have friends that I've had, friends that I've known for over 20, 30 years. And we've, we've gone through things together, apart. We know each other's history. And I can't tell you how many times I'll get a phone call or a message from some of these people like, hey man, I'm so proud of you, you know, or you inspire me, or um, I'm watching what you're doing on Facebook. And I really feel good about it, and I'm glad to see what you're doing right now, because it helps them focus. It makes them see like there's something better in life than what I'm doing. Yeah, it's better than working. At, you know, if if you, you know, what's the old expression? Sometimes people have to. You know, people shouldn't live to work; they should work to live. That's right. And that's and that's the old uh, yep. adage. And you're lucky to be able to do it because you're able to work through, with your passion. Definitely, definitely. So. I thank you, and we definitely got, we're gonna get you into the studio too. And, oh, well, anytime, man. Yeah, you know, I'd love to come and I got a face for I got a face for radio. Trust me. That's, I've, I've been told that since I was in high school. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate you got it, it, brother. <laughs> anytime. All right, yeah, but I still have a face for radio after all these years. You would have thought I would have gotten a little better looking at it. All right, that was Jakeem Ross. Really appreciate him uh, sitting down doing those interviews with me. We did two of them. Uh, that was the second one. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I really appreciate him doing that. And you can always, like I said, go to neonbelly.com to get more information on Grail Martial Arts Academy. Uh, Jakeem is on Facebook. Check him out. He's on my page. Uh, you can, so you can always, you know, my page is Randy Zellia. Also, Randy BSP on Twitter and Instagram. Off Topic BSP. Uh, on Twitter as well as SoundCloud. We're on Facebook as well and, of course, BackSportsPage.com. All right, so that was the Off Topic Podcast for this week. We have another one coming up uh, next week with Eric Coleman, former New York Jet, former Detroit Lion, who is now making the transition. The transition. I made transition into two words there. See what I can do? That's how talented I am. Um, 
I put him into I put that into two words, but yes, Eric Holman, who was a former Jet and former Lion, uh, joins me. We talk about his transition into the broadcasting world. So, well, we will see you next week for more of the Off Topic podcast. Thanks so much again for uh, always joining us here and uh, having some fun with us. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.